the creep show film starting up outside of the house as we speak mailbox is ready the milk will be there on the morning on that doorstep come to look at that milky milk i remember that now he's a big actor milky milk <laughs> Ooh, a little okay. jack-o'-lantern okay. in the window fantastic big collaborative effort george a romero stephen king mashup meeting of the minds right here is what this is yeah now, you got the great Tom Atkins over there. Who is uncredited in this film? Of course. Why would you want credit for something you did? Hey, hey, dude. Yeah, he's slapping Stephen King's child. And yeah, I was about to say, we know Joe who this Hill? kid is, right? That is Joe Hill. Yes. That is Joe Hill. Yeah, he does. So yeah, yeah, I can see that. He's got, the, he's got the king face. You see it in the, like, the jawline, the mouth. He, he's, he looks like a little king. Yeah, he does. This movie, when it came out, it squared off against Halloween 3, which also has Tom Atkins in it. I mean, it's so Tom Atkins that he would fight himself. It just <laughs> makes sense. Well, he'll win. That's how you always win. <laughs> he never loses. Let's be honest. That jack lantern wins, too. Like, I don't even think that's a real pumpkin. Probably took it from the set of Halloween 3. Maybe. Maybe. That's, that's possible. possible. It's possible. This is great. That's why God made Father's line. <laughs> he, 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 he fully embodies that alcoholic, abusive father to a T without having to be too abusive. I love it. I'm going I'm to throw out a wild guess and say that Tom Atkins, most of his roles, I won't say they were typecast, but he's very much the guy he's playing on TV to some degree. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like he's the guy that's gonna smack his son across the mouth for reading comic books, throw down a beer, then go fuck Jamie Lee Curtis. Like that's that guy. <laughs> that is Tom Atkins. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's that's gonna yell, "Throw me!" Yeah, just be careful if he's drinking the uh, car in the milk. He might be shot in the back. You know, lethal weapon style. There's well, a creep. There's the creep. The creep. Yes, yeah, very good. Your date's here. I believe there was an issue with that effect. Like, you're supposed to do more. Yeah. yeah. But I really love the going into the animation. Oh, know. fantastic. Yeah. I, I guys, love that old-style animation. What did you guys think of the new creep? Eh. In, the, in the TV show, TV show there. Bit cheesy. Yeah. Bit cheesy. A bit too cheesy for 2020, 2021, I would say. I mean, it's just like everything else. You know, there's episodes that have been hits and misses, but... no. Well, it's I mean, like you'll lose sleep over yeah. it if you don't see it. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the thing I love about this the, the creep show is, like, it's a homage to the EC comics, like, before we had something like Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. That kind of came out on HBO. Even Tales from the Dark Side. Um, 
it was that homage like for Ramiro and King for how much they loved like Walter Horror and you know and I grew up on that shit like my mom had all the original ones and all that yeah. stuff and, like I used to read them all like crazy hell yeah um, so like this this to me is like even though we've got tales from the crypt this is to me the ultimate like comic book homage creature feature movie in my opinion we had there was a house at the end of the street that that it was speculated that the father owned an original pristine tales from the crypt collection i always wanted to go steal it out of their house but i'm a good guy so i didn't do it <laughs> i mean i know a guy that has a full tales from the crypt collection but good luck getting it you get shot nowadays for stuff like that. Oh, no, I can promise you he'll shoot you. Yeah. <laughs> it must be yours. <laughs> Fair guess, sir. Or ma'am, I should say. I'm, I'm yeah, just one of the guys. It's all good. That brother in this, his best contribution to film is going, <laughs> at the end of the segment. <laughs> you got the young Ed Harris over there full of a lot of cocaine. Yeah, yeah. I think this might be his second film because he did uh, with Romero because he did Night, Night Riders. Riders with Romero as well. Yes, he did. Yes, Which he is did fun. People hate Night Riders, but it's a fun film. Now, also, one of the things you're going to notice in this film is there's a lot of notable character actors in this film. Yes, what? there are. A shitload. Yeah. Ed Harris, Tom Atkins, um... E.G. Marshall. E.G. Yeah. Marshall. Leslie yeah. Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. He's in there. Galen Ross. Holbrook. Adrian Barbeau. Classic. This dude right here. The Monopoly guy. Monopoly <laughs> 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 guy. No, the, the, really, there's a, this is like a, a real mashup of like 70s, 80s horror. Icons. Icons of the of the age of the oh, age. Yeah. Adrian Barbeau, I think she was like fresh off the fog when when they started working on this. Actually, yeah. if I'm and not she's still smoking even now at her old age, I'd do it. <laughs> Me too. Just get in line, dude. I saw I saw her in the first episode of Grey Matter, the first episode of the Creep Show series, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'd fucking." I don't even need a beer for this. I do it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I loved it ever since Swamp Thing. Fuck yeah, bro! Heck yeah. Swamp Thing was so good too. So good. That old Swamp Thing movie was fucking amazing. I think it's actually on. Um, they have all the old classic Universal monster horror movies on Peacock right now. West Craven. No, I don't. I don't. That is West Craven. I have a question now. You guys saw the uh, TV series they tried with Swamp Thing? I back. fucking love the new one or the it old. It was one? so good. The old one. Oh, I didn't even see one. it. I love. I, I I didn't see a lot of the new one. I'm sure I would have loved it, but I love the old one. I don't know yeah, what it is the, about old it, one, the old uh, one. Yeah, I remember. How many seasons did that go? Two, for? I think. It was yeah, two seasons two. for the yeah. old one. But the new one was the one with Derek Mears playing Swamp Thing. Yeah. It was so good. It looked Everybody great. should I, watch it. It was fucking awesome. I was gonna, yeah. I gotta get my hands on it. It was on like Showtime or something, right? Or on like the Marvel Pay Channel, whatever. Uh, that is. no, it was it's it was uh, originally DC on DC Universe. Yeah, yeah. Which is non-existent anymore. So now I believe it's on Paramount Plus. 
HBO Max, maybe? HBO Max. I think it I might think be H- on HBO I, Max. I think HBO Max because no, I got that. Uh, when uh, Suicide Squad came out, I did a month on HBO Max, and they had a shitload of DC like TV and movies. Oh, you know what? No, that actually, that's right, because Titans moved to HBO Max, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's probably on HBO Max. Now. I didn't see Swamp Thing when I was looking for it, but uh, maybe I just missed it. Maybe it's just back in, in, in there I'm somewhere. Su- I'm surprised that kind of didn't go Swamp Thing. It looked so great. You know what I mean? It was you better. It was better than anything else they did. Is it for, by, a, the, by a long shot? You think it was the network where it was is why it kind of failed. If it was on a bigger, if it was on like a Channel Seven, it probably would have been a big deal. I think if DC Universe hadn't a nosedived, yeah, it might have survived it. I think Titans only survived because that was the whole reason people were watching it in the first place. Yeah, and Titans was a bad TV series. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. Carrie Nye over here. She's a veteran actress as well. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. She's got daddy issues in this film. She brings a Just bottle. A what female from the 80s doesn't have daddy issues? Well, the father was a dingleberry. Just call me daddy. This segment, always, <laughs> this segment always was weird to me because the fun, you know, the usually in these tales, it's usually a, yes, an asshole will get killed or something like that. There's retribution, but the father seemed like somebody you'd want to kill and was probably better off dead. You know what I mean? So it had that yeah. weird vibe to it. Yeah, there's 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 something to be said about that and like this specific style of horror, like the 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 multi. There's always like a morality at play. In these stories, they're very, they're very like organic, very like old school, like, like your, your, your typical fable or that kind of story where it's like somebody does stupid, somebody does asshole shit and he pays for it, you know, but you're right. This one, this one always felt a little bit like the triangle going into the square hole as far as creep show goes, because it doesn't quite follow that mold. It may, well, it makes it a little more crueler because like she's a victim. And she's just kind of defending herself, but getting fucked over in the end type deal. Yeah. yeah. So, so pretty much life in general. You got it. <laughs> yeah, you for real. For, but I wish That's I had it. that fucking ashtray. Yeah. <laughs> Bent over a barrel and it's not even tickling anybody's balls. That's no. it. I love how it cuts, it's got like the cartoon frame around it when he falls yeah. to the floor and stuff. You gotta say, I love the stylish shots and the, uh, and and how they frame like each each one of the stories. It's just, I mean, it's art within itself. I mean, more oh, than just you know, just a film. But you know, it's it's like you know, melding the you know the comic book world with the uh, the with the movie world. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the s- stylish shots in the comic book look really help separate Creep Show from other. Horror anthology films. Yes, it does. Absolutely, Anthony. And I was actually going to piggyback off of that and say that, like, Creepshow to me is like really where Romero, as 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 a cinematic, as a visionary director, as as looking at like what's in the frame. This is really where he hit his stride. Like his seventies work was very of that time, and it had that feel, and it was really in your face and gritty. But like the actual cinematography and the framing, like. Let's be real. Could have been a little bit better on a lot of that stuff. I think this is the only film that Romero did not write the screenplay for. No, of all his films. Yeah, it's, it, I think I think it's 
pretty much the only one that he wasn't involved in the writing process for. I'm not sure, but I think you're right. I think it's literally the only one he didn't actually have a hand in writing. His first big successful theatrical release, too. I think I read something about that. Like, this was the first one that, like, broke records or something like that. I think this is the first movie he actually did in the frame of Hollywood. Yeah. Because I think everything else he had done at that point was coming out of Pittsburgh for the most part. So roughly, you know, King, luckily, you know, King is what gave him that, that, up, that up into the Hollywood system, his, his collaboration with King. Uh, you know, never even looked at that. Very important. He's the he power. That's another filmmaker that owes something to King, because you got Raimi, of course, owes a lot to King. Oh, big time. And King's the man. Now, this lighting, when I see this lighting, I always think of Inferno, Dario Argento. So I wonder if it goes back further than that, or if that's where the influence came from. I mean, the blue on the red, that's Giallo all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those opposing, those opposing lighting schemes, like hitting each other, like just that right way. That's, that's Argento. That's Baba. That's, I mean, that's all of them up, down, left, right. I think, I think Inferno is like two years before this. And Inferno like is like what that color is, is like the entire movie. Like all the shots are just like, if I remember correctly, all the shots are like, are lit like that. Yeah, it's super saturated. Like nothing's the actual color that it's supposed to be on the screen. Like it's 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 got that feel. And <laughs> Harris, dude, dancing. Oh, yeah. Ed Harris is the pretty boy in this movie. Ed Harris with hair—that's kind of uh... yeah. <laughs> he looks a little bit like our vampire hunter from a couple movies back. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. A, a little, a little, a little, a little Benjamin Mears. A touch. He probably could have played Benjamin Mears. I remember I seen Ed Harris in an interview uh, at a panel for History of Violence, and he had a couple cocktails in him. It's one of my favorite interviews, and they're like, what's, what's violence mean to you? And he like started punching the table, and he's like, this is fucking violence. Yeah. <laughs> guy's, a, guy's, a, guy's a fucking animal. Yeah, yeah. I love those actors that are uncontrollable like that. You can't. You don't see them anymore because they're like a nuisance on set. But like you know, the Claus King. You don't want to deal with these people. But like, I love the fact that they were there at one point. Yeah, this is Ed Harris before his four Oscar nominations. Yeah, I think I think the days of the wild card actor are mostly gone, Matt. And I do yeah. kind of lamb at that a little bit. I wish I could get me an Ed Harris or like a '60s or '70s Nicholson or. <laughs> Or somebody that's just like even even like Christian Bale from ten years ago, just just somebody that's going to completely keep the whole fucking production like on like nine toes, just not quite on balance all the time. I feel like that would be interesting to introduce that kind of chaos. <laughs> yeah, and the right See, dynamic. Yeah, I mean yeah. it'd be interesting, but I mean I would not envy anyone who has the job of trying to direct that chaos. Well, that's the issue. Well, it was funny. I I watched a uh, um, like a, a, a docu series that uh, I forget the name of the movie, but it 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 dealt with Klaus Kinski, and you know there were points where you know the director is, uh, says action, and he's like, "I'm tired of directors calling action," and, and the director's like, "What do you want me to do?" He says, "Just." Call Klaus, and then I'll go when when 
I feel the mood. <laughs> and Probably I'm, that Herzog doc that he did. Him and Herzog would fucking kill each other on film sets. Honestly, yeah. I, I would I would imagine that like the set of Nosferatu the Vampire had very long staring matches between the two. <laughs> just just really long moments where they were just staring at each other, sizing each other up like like two bears, like getting ready to fucking get violent about it. I wouldn't believe it. I think yeah. one of them pulled out a gun on the other one at one point. I believe that too. <laughs> Herzog's an animal too. He ain't gonna. Yeah. He'd rather die than fucking back down. <laughs> Yeah, that. that's 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 him in a nutshell. Like, I heard some crazy shit about that guy. Like, like his film school in Germany. Like, it teaches like almost nothing. Yeah. About making film, there's like a class entirely on like lock picking. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's how he can uh, get into the uh, editor's uh, uh, like uh, <laughs> office, so he can you know play around with the uh, the edits. I was thinking free locations, but yeah, that's not a bad idea either. <laughs> hey, I mean, heck, uh, you have to worry about, you know, the editor or the producers messing around with your final copy, you know, break in, you know, change it back to the way you want it. That's why you edit your own shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I do. That's what I do. Now, you would say to yourself, why don't you just get up, Ed? Why don't you just get yeah, up? Yeah, no, I was no kidding. Like, you're about to have a really bad day. But he would be, you know, the frozen and fair element, I think, would come into play at this point in the situation. I mean, I agree. But at the same time, I feel like they milk it a little just a hair too long to be believable. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, like if he had been knocked out and woken up and the dead were already like halfway to where they were and he was frozen and fair, sure. But I feel like that it just kind of sits a little too long. That's just me. I think in the script he might have supposed to have been more acted more drunk than he actually acted. You know what I mean? Fair enough. That's Almost true. like he couldn't get out of the hole because he was so fucked up type deal, but Yeah. Now we're back in the house. We're about to see cake. Which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. This lady always looked like trouble. She looked like fun, but the other one looked like trouble. They're all trouble, man. They're all trouble. Yeah, the whole family looks like That looks trouble. like the mother-in-law you don't want to piss off. Any lady that's of that age that's wearing a blouse that low down, yeah, she's ready for violence, man. Yeah, yeah, the she, she's gonna violence. She's, she's going to make your kid her stepson, <laughs> and then she's going to eat you whole head first. That's, yeah, it could, that's it could be enjoyable. For. It could be enjoyable. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't be down. I'm just saying she has the look of a woman that's gonna destroy you. Like all, all she need, all she's missing is like some like hooker red lipstick to complete that outfit. Which in the eighties, it's no surprising she's not wearing some because that was like Seriously. a staple, a staple of the promiscuous woman in the eighties. Yeah. The red lipstick. Heck yeah, she's got to leave her mark. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Uh, the face in the door was always a huge moment. I remember as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's creepy. Very unsettling. And then she looks like, oh, whatever. It's just another, you know, another moment that something. That's gonna fine. She's yeah, it's all right. This happens all the time. That's not a corpse. No, no disrespect oh. to Tom Savini, but you could always tell that was a mask. <laughs> we love Tom Savini. I mean, I, uh, that effect always stood out to me. I mean, 
when you when you're doing gore effects or creatures or stuff like some are always going to be better than others like there's there's always going to be a graded scale of someone's work from good to uh, yeah. bad yeah, I've seen him do the. I've seen him do the the more thinner zombie look. I don't know why, in, in like the zombie things. I don't know why he didn't take that route for the for the because the head just looks too full. But what can you do? I think you know. I would argue that there's probably a little bit of behind the scenes action there where Romero was trying to separate that what he was doing with Creepshow, yeah, from his own. Zombiness going on. There's also on. probably mechanics in that head. I think doesn't the mouth move? Yeah, and like yeah. There's some out of it. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some animatronics going on in that thing. That would explain it. But I think day. I I don't know if it was like right before Creepshow or right after. My yeah. my chronology is not great. But Day of the Dead was like right around this. Right around so he this. might. Yeah. So he might have been tap dancing around trying to make them more comic booky cartoony zombies than what he usually does. There it is. <laughs> Love those shots. <laughs> yeah, those are the best. Mm-hmm. Everybody freeze. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole new meaning to giving head. Woo! <laughs> that's Alex Hawk. That's a hell of a cake right there. That's a hell of a cake. Yeah. Well, Day of the Dead came out in 85, so it, it was closer to the Creepshow 2 era. I'm, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure. Was Creepshow two Ramiro too? Yeah, I think he directed and wrote. Yeah, he had a writing credit. Too yeah, he wrote the screenplay on that one. All right, that makes sense. Ah, there's the man himself. Yeah, uh, I gotta say, honestly, this is probably <laughs> Stephen King's uh, best performance ever. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All things. Are... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 you can go. I was going to say all things are possible with cocaine, Alex. <laughs> all things are possible with cocaine. Hey, hey. <laughs> honestly, he always looks like I. He either is always on cocaine, or he just always looks like he's on cocaine. In the eighties, no, he was absolutely oh, always on cocaine. <laughs> How do you think we got maximum overdrive? There's <laughs> only. Uh... Now, there are, like, two segments in this film where it's predominantly one character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One has is how you do a segment with one character, and one is how you don't do a segment with one character. This is a segment in which you don't do with one character. Why? You don't like the way... I, I, like, I, I, like I thought Stephen King was annoying in this segment. <laughs> you're supposed to think that, though. Like yeah, yeah, you're he, supposed to really enjoy when he turns into a chia pet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it just it felt like a cartoon. <laughs> well, I mean, it goes with the vibe That's of the movie. a little movie. bit of the vibe, Tone. That's it goes a with the vibe of the, of the film, but it was going like Towards Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> I think there's a bit Looney Tunes. I mean, brother, he calls it meteor shit. Like, we're not supposed meteor to take it shit. that. We're not supposed to take it that seriously. <laughs> no, it's just the, the way his movements and everything. 
Yeah, yeah no. It looks like a cartoon character. Yeah, cocaine. I already we already answered this question. <laughs> would it make you, would it make you feel any better that he got a, a like an allergic reaction to the makeup that he had to wear when he got well, off? I heard about that too. Yes. Yeah. Now you you feel better. He was tortured. Not really. Uh, <laughs> he was he was uncomfortable for weeks after this. Yeah. Well, I mean, with all that green stuff growing all over him, I'm. I, <laughs> I'm sure that you know that wasn't uh, good for him. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what happens, man. Like that's why you know you got to wash your balls. See, that's truth. <laughs> you don't wash your balls; it start uh, the moss starts to grow. <laughs> you don't grow. You, you don't wash your balls. Meteor shit. That's what's fucking gonna happen. <laughs> that's our public service announcement for today. Wash <laughs> from the dead kids of dairy. Wash your fucking balls. Otherwise, you're going to be covered in meteor shit. I wonder, exactly. how, I wonder how hot the lights work. This is back at a time when those lights were fucking intense. And you got to figure Incandescence, the, man. The yeah. light they're throwing off with that green and red lights and shit is probably fucking like, a, like being in the oven. Standing well, in front of that. I can attest for being directly under light cans like that from my band days. And that shit is hot. Hot, hot. And yeah, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Like you don't make- even have to move, move. You don't even have to move. Just like standing there with for like five minutes, you're sweating. Yep, easily. So I, I mean, like, I, you know, in the '80s and like at least the first half of the '90s when they were still using incandescent lighting, like me, really, I feel for the makeup teams because I had to make these people not look greasy, which is kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, and and the color tones and stuff. Like the further back you go, like when they did the diff- black and white, there's different ways they had to do the makeup so it would look natural to make it and, and make white. it match. Yeah, and... like there was a lot more to it than just skin tones. You know what I mean? And there was uh, you had to kind of juggle some shit sometimes. There was a bigger challenge. Like like you're right. There's there's a, you look at old black and white films and you see where it breaks off from where they're just doing like a pantomime white and black pretty flat makeup to where it actually starts to look like they're people again yeah and yeah that's that's challenging shit just as challenging as what they had to deal with on stuff like this when they got makeup melting off people's faces because the lights are all fucking 500 degrees Mm. yeah i think that kind of works in this because i mean the entire entire feeling of all the segments is so comic bookish and 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 stylized so with the lighting and all that with them not like like uh uh anthony's saying about you know uh, stephen king being so cartoony in this it, i think it really works because i mean it, it is a comic book coming to life especially with the like uh the flashbacks they have here which is like straight out of a comic book yeah yeah I got, I got, I can back that for sure. I think, I think like the whole look of the movie, whether whether you like a specific segment or not, like, but the whole look of the movie, it's it's on point. It, it, they yeah. they knew what they were Agreed. going for, and they aimed right for it, and they hit that they hit that mark. And you don't get that kind of like laser precision in a film anymore. Yeah, when when you got a vibe and a mood that you're trying to set, and you just go for it and you nail it. Yeah, a lot of movies aren't especially in the horror genre. These days it's like, okay, 
let's throw blue lights on everything and let's make everything gray. And there we go. It's looks it's fucking spooky. You know, there's no there's no schutzpa behind it. There's no brain pan. That's like like stuff like this, man. This is this is art. Like oh, yeah. This segment's the most comic booky, I feel, because of the less characters. Like everything, every frame of that uh, of it would be right out of a comic book with the colors and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, gotta say, I, I mean, uh, one of the things I, I, I love about this is one of the problems I find with some anthologies is that even if you have like a theme that that crosses, you, you're watching one and it just usually ends up being like a, a different style or, because I mean, you have different directors, they have their different styles, but this anthology is, is one where they, they had the different stories, the different directors, different styles, but they made sure that it all felt like it fit in the same story. It's the same director. huh? Yeah. It's all, it's all Romero. Oh, it's so, but okay. you're still right. But I know we know he yeah, We get you. okay. Okay, my bad. I I, I no thought I thought you know the I thought one or two of the segments was d- done by someone else. But no, but it, it it has a vibe that it could be, which is uh, you know skills of the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every segment's it, film's different. Yeah, they I'm all. Having, I'm having flashbacks to that first episode of the Creep Show, the new Creep Show series, right it, now. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely did. did an episode that was like this. Yeah, yeah, it was Gray Man, the the, the yes. Gray Matter. Gray yeah, 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 yeah. I remember we talked about that. Yeah. Guy drank some funky fucking beer, and then you know, started turning into this kind of thing. Now, this film, before it got a wide release, it opened up in a, one city for two weeks, and it was so successful they pushed it, and it was a big hit. Do you know what city that was? Boston. Boston. Pittsburgh? No, nah, Boston, you got it. You'd think it'd be Pittsburgh, but Boston, yeah. Uh... Nice. Let me guess, it came out on St. Patrick's Day, right? <laughs> I think the Stephen King ties is why they tried for Boston. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's because it was no. Stephen King ties, and I don't think that they would have gotten as big of a hit in Bangor. So yeah, like <laughs> their biggest well, closest to him. I mean, I mean, come on, Bangor has what a population of five people. Yeah, I mean it's the basis for Derry from it, so I mean it's like at least ten. I was gonna say like twenty, so yeah, we're we're around the ballpark area. It's it's actually the capital of Maine. I think they have like somewhere around two hundred thousand people living in Bangor, but it's still the size of a thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it, it, the the actual town proper. I I've, I've been there. It's like eight blocks, uh, but the county, like, there's like two hundred thousand people in the mm. whole county. His house up there is something else too. I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. He actually has a dungeon in his basement. Ooh. Oh, how do you know? Kinky. You can, um, you can tour. The I house. actually, I bet, yeah. I had yeah. gone there before. Um, my dad, growing up, my dad worked for Makita Power Tools, and one of the guys that he worked with was actually friends with Stephen King. Yeah. So um, my dad had to go away one weekend, and he took me with him because I, there was we didn't have a babysitter, and it ended up being that he was hanging out with Stephen King and his friends from work. There you go. So I went up there as a kid, and I was like, that's 
hooked on his work ever since. You should get him on the show. Yeah, I know, but I don't know if, like, I so mean, he, he would actually take the time out of his day to actually do a podcast. If you knew it was for Dead Kids of Derry, absolutely. He was, uh, it's his, the house that he lives in, people tour through, or his, no, like, birth no, house? it's the house that he used to live okay, in. Okay, right, He doesn't live in Bangor anymore. But say. he did it all up, like, he leaned into the I'm the God of Horror vibe. Yeah. For the house, like the the main gate to go into the house is like bat wings. Yeah, and there's yeah, kind of in the in the one of the front windows is a red balloon, just chilling. Like right. like he he knew he knew who he was, was going to be coming to visit. And heard, there's a Stephen King gift shop up there too. I believe that. Yeah, yeah. I heard a George Romero story that a filmmaker went to his house in Pittsburgh once and knocked on his door. And he like invited her in and like talked shop with her. You know what I mean? Well, you know, it was it was it was a gentleman, of course, but like it was kind of cool to hear that the in a positive story of somebody going to George's house as well. I hundred percent believe that. that. I heard it. Huh? I actually a hundred percent believe that. Like yeah. every time that I ever met George before he passed away, it was always like a twenty minute conversation with the guy because he's just that dude. He's yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. He was awesome. The only time I ever met Stephen King, we talked about death metal bands. So <laughs> that's kind of cool too, though. He he's awesome. He's wicked eclectic with music, but he loves death metal. I believe that, which I found really fucking odd. But I just like at random was able to like meet him one day, and I was I didn't want to talk about his books. I was just wanted to be like, so you like the faceless? Like, let's talk about Autotheism three. I want to talk about that, and he was really excited because he was like you 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 like death metal too and i was like i love death metal let's talk about death metal (laughs) (laughs) fuck yeah hell yeah man he's trying to look like a giant weed nugget now i've always (laughs) wanted to jump in that water that bathtub of glistening water man it looks healthy it It looks healthy (laughs) now now we know what a uh live chia pet would look like right exactly exactly The original bath salt trip. I I think what we should do, we should make Chia Pet the movie. Chia Pet the movie. Starring Stephen King, okay? And, you know, and we just follow him around as as he keeps on getting more and more overgrown. (laughs) I'd rather make Chia Pet the movie where we inject some chemical into your body to make grass grow out of your flesh. (laughs) Is that okay, Hawk? (laughs) Oh, that actually cool. sounds kind of cool. Oh, cool. Now I know we I already I know, started the process. <laughs> yes, I know it's never <laughs> established in the narrative, but who else also believes that that this this particular story happened in Florida? <laughs> I, I could believe that. Yeah. I, I actually would be surprised if it didn't. Let's try it off with bath salt. You think this is a weed thing that they're they're, they're doing a fun weed thing? No, I just think that they wanted to talk about how rednecks are dumb, and if they found a meteor in the backyard, they'd eat it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and then they become... If that's the case, maybe it's Alabama. Well, it's Maine. It says Maine at the end, I believe, here. Yeah, something well, like that. Well, uh, California, Maine. So. I, I mean, you go north enough in Maine, it, it starts to so. feel a lot like Florida. So <laughs> That's true. Uh, the, the only difference between Maine and Florida is the lack of alligators. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason that they call that part of the New England the north of the the south of the north. 
you they did that they made a graphic novel after the film did you any of you guys got it i have it yeah i got it yeah it's nice it's like it was like 10 15 bucks on amazon i think yeah and it's massive too it's like a nice old school like big magazine size comic which i thought was awesome it's a pain in the ass if you want to put it in some type of protective packaging I didn't even, I gave up. I didn't even bother. It's just sitting on the shelf. I was like, if it's worth something someday, okay, cool. But I, I knew damn well I wasn't going to find anything that would fit it. Tony, I didn't know you let him shoot in your fucking house for the scene. <laughs> that yeah. looks like your player's bad. Hey, it's... That's Ted Danson? Uh, yeah, yeah, Ted, Ted Danson. Danson. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. Him I recognized right away, but I wasn't sure about Ted Danson at first. Yeah, oh, this, yeah. Is, uh, this is before Cheers. I was about to say, it's yeah. Cheers, Ted Danson. Yeah. yeah, like right before Cheers. I want to say Cheers was like right after, after this, yeah. Like a, like a half hour later, like he Literally. grabbed this and then he went over to uh, audition for Sam Donaldson, like right then. I want to say there's some weird backstory of him on the set of this talking about going to audition for the pilot or something like that of Cheers and being More like, like get it, yeah. More than likely. He's like, a, he's like chilling in his Hugh Hafner robe. Yeah. <laughs> There's a cool documentary on this called Just Desserts as well. That's a, a fun watch. Yeah, that's definitely worth checking out. The soundtracks. I know James will appreciate that. The soundtracks were all really good uh, that they released to these. Oh, yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe, I don't know, my, my vinyl collection's it's like yours, Matt. I can see yours behind you. That's it's, nothing. It's, no. it's, 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 <laughs> I'm just saying, it, my, my, my vinyl collection is also fucking massive. It's just not in this room. Yeah. And I believe I have the Waxwork Creepshow 1 vinyl. I think. I don't know. It's in there. It yeah. might be. I have one of them. It's yeah. either Creepshow 1 or Creepshow 2. But yeah. They're good additions, yeah. Yeah. Those, those sell out so fast, too. Yeah. It's really hard to it's really hard to get your hands on some of them. I want I, Mondo just did a Bram Stoker's Dracula expanded. Yeah. Um the color vinyl sold out in a half an hour. Wow. I had wow. to get the black vinyl, which made me very sad. Yeah. But it is what it is. Another amazing having soundtrack. It, having it's better than not having it, even if it's not the copy you wanted. That's true. Yeah. I mean my first my first nerddom will always be music so movie soundtracks are a big uh a big part of that a big thing for me i'm a i'm a very big fan i have a lot of movie soundtrack vinyl a lot of movie soundtrack vinyl <laughs> this was beautiful because leslie nelson plays a sinister dirtbag hold up yeah. is that california man I was just going to say yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, that is absolutely sunny California man. Another Jeep, yeah. They just repainted it. Yep. Same Jeep. It's like the new Raimi car. Where yeah. the fuck's Hutch? Come on, Hutch. This is a new Hutch right here. He must have stole it from Sims lot. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think Ted Damson would be a Starsky. I don't think he would be a Hutch. Hutch yeah. was loose. He was, like, down with the people. You know what I mean? Like, like David Soul, yeah, he's absolutely Hutch. Ted Danson, he's more of a Starsky. That's just my guess. Fuck yeah. I gotta say, personally, I think this is probably Leslie Nielsen's best performance. Of all because time? it's like 
It's like the only only uh, performance I can think of where he just uh, he, he just melded, you know, his comic timing with also his dramatic chops. I mean, most people know him, of course, for Airplane and his comic stuff, but he was a dramatic actor for many years before yeah. he really broke out doing comedy. Prom night. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know what though? I I kind of backhawk on that because like. Even when he was like in the like fifties, sixties, whatever, like even then, like he really wasn't allowed to like be the leading man. Like he was always kind of a character actor, even in the dramatic stuff, or or you know like supporting. In this, he got to like really like break out of all the molds that had been set before him, whether it be Police Squad, Airplane, all that shit. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a different turn for him, like like you had pointed out, Matt. It's it's a more sinister kind of turn for him, which which is uh, you know you don't see that very often. But he's very likable because even when he's doing these bad things, you like still root for him. Like uh, when mm-hmm. he's being real evil, you love it. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is the one of the weird things about this segment. You don't want to like Leslie Nielsen, but you can't help the fact that. This guy is just so great in this role, yeah. in this character. Yeah. Yeah. Ted Danson's very unlikable. He's playing his like fa- famous unlikable playboy type thing. Well, uh, well to be perfectly honest, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've never met Ted Danson, but he uh, he always seemed to come off to me when I saw him in interviews as as very close to those unlikable characters he played. I don't know yeah. whether it's like uh, we've said before, where someone does a certain type of role for so long that they end up like becoming, becoming that, that person. Right. So it could be, and people expect it from a little bit. Yeah. I think it's like a cocky. Um, I don't know what you would expect. Something that it, it's almost like a slingshot of. Slingshot him yeah. a Snickers. Yeah, he's a uh, he's I don't know he's good. To, it's like a like a you want to be around personality a little bit, you know. I forget what the term is for that, but he's very like like he he is. I don't know because I just contradicted what I said where I said he was a skis bag and now I say he's likable. He's weird. He's very <laughs> very yeah, like mysterious. Bag. He's very mysterious. But yeah, I have to admit, I I would have. Love to see Leslie Nielsen do more sinister characters because yeah, he mean, was great in this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He he should have gotten more villain villain turns. The poor guy—they exploited him all the way up to his death, put him in those scary movie fucking horrendous things. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. Yesterday, uh, I was—I ended up watching like anyone I've uh, seen like Stan uh, Stan Van Helsing. No, yeah, you Stan Helsing. Leave. Yeah, I oh, saw need that. To leave. That you need was, fucking leave. You need to get the fuck was, out of here. Bringing that, that was, movie up. Yeah, you need that, to X that, out of this, dude. You need to fucking X out of this. You're out of here. Uh, Why you liked it? You liked? No, Stan? no, I was going oh, to say it was the most painful thing I ever watched. It was terrible. I, I literally felt so sad that you know they bring in Leslie Nielsen in this small role, mainly you know just for his you know clout, and I, I it was like, man. I, I just felt so sorry for him being in that movie. Well, Alex, you you met him. You actually got to meet him, right? 
Yeah, I did. I did meet him at uh, Super Mega Fest many years ago. How'd that go? Uh, it was nice. Um, I mean, I didn't get to talk a lot with him, mm. but um, uh, there was a TV series that I was a big fan of called Due South. Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, about a Canadian Mountie, you know, teaming up with a Chicago cop, and uh, Leslie Nielsen showed up Crap. in a bunch of episodes. And, yeah, uh, and and we was he nice about, or was he bad guy? Oh, he was a good, good guy, guy. Bad guy. Oh God! All right, he, let's talk he, about the crab. Oh. That's a big crab, dude. That's a big fucking crab. Dude. They, he looks aggressive. Have, have any of you guys ever seen that movie Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves in that's it? That's actually pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that's a good one. That that this this kind of reminds me of that scene where the girls buried him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. It does. Yeah, good call. I have a. I have a mild Nick Cage in the Wicker Man from this too. <laughs> when his head's in the cage. Yeah. No, not the bees. <laughs> not the I don't care what anyone says. I love that movie. I don't hate it. I don't hate it nearly as much as any other most people do. Apparently. I mean, come on. As far as I'm concerned, that you know, whether you like or dislike uh, Nick Cage, he always he brings his his game to every performance. I think I think the thing with the Wicker Man remake is that it was the beginning of him like really taking some weird roles. Mm. Like he went off a National Treasure too, did the Wicker Man remake, if I'm not mistaken, and that was the beginning of like all the crazy shit, like like the Drive Angries and the, oh, yeah. the him just taking any movie role that would pay him yeah. for the most part. Before we got in this awesome renaissance of him doing like Mandy and Mom and Dad and all the all the Willie's uh, Wonderland, Willie's Wonderland, oh, Color Out of Space, <laughs> Color Out of Space, um, Prison Prisoners of the Ghostland. Holy shit! If you guys, it just came out. If you guys haven't seen it yet, yeah. holy fucking shit! Oh, Prisoners it, of the Ghostland, so good. Is that on DVD it or is like it just too. streaming right now? I believe right now it's only available on demand. Um. Oh. I don't think it's I don't think it's out on the on the on the streaming sites or the Blu-ray just yet. But when it does come out, holy fuck! I rented that shit because I am an unabashed and unashamed Nicolas Cage fan. I Same love here, that. buddy. Same here. Same Did here. Did you see Pig with him in it? Oh fuck yeah! That was good too. So good, so good. That's what I'm saying though. Like he's having a real resurgence. Like he's getting some great roles now. Yeah, they're just not going to theaters. Which who the fuck cares about that anymore anyway? Yeah, it don't even matter anymore. It's irrelevant. <laughs> Nicky Cage will always he'll always have, he'll always come back. He's royalty. Yeah, he's I good agree. at reinventing himself. He is. He's like Keanu. Yep. Keanu. He's uh, like Ted Danson. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Ted Danson. <laughs> I don't think Ted Danson ever got a reinvention, man. Like he just—he was just there. Every time I watch this with a new person at this this scene, there when he goes, "Oh, you can't turn your head back," they always go, "Oh, is he gonna turn twist his head all the way around?" I've mm-hmm. been asked that like seven times. Tony, no, he just leaves right him now. there, which is even worse. It's horrendous. And they make him watch that. This is a great fucking punishment if you really wanted to get at somebody. You I really wanted to like torture now the, somebody. Now the actress on the television is Galen Ross 
from Dawn yeah. of the Dead. You got that yeah. right. Good call. Amen. And I believe that that was her final film. What, this? Yes. Before she went on to do documentaries. Well, Galen, wasn't Galen in Day of the Dead? Yeah. Wasn't that after or, this, or before? Well, we don't, did we? Yeah. Day of the Dead was after this. Day was after this, yeah. Tony's still right, though. Yeah, this is her last film. Absolutely. Now, it was at TV's last film as well. Yeah, yeah that too. That's it was never returning was. after that. I like how like a lot of the directors, um, when they get a cast together, that they actually like how they like take them on to other projects that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when it works, you gotta stick with it. You find some, you find a magic with somebody, and you don't want to let it go. You you wanna you wanna build it and work it like a muscle and sure. make it stronger. Yep. Yeah, I think, we, I think we got three guys here that all know a little bit about this as as we work with repeat performances. <laughs> they oh, yeah, love this how this character has a home security system and there's nobody on the beach. I think that's his business, right? He's into that yeah. security business. That's why he's all yeah. crazy about it. He's got the remote uh I also want to see Tony Montana over there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) business is good. This is the original American Psycho, right here. And he goes through the videotapes of his murders. He likes to give himself a happy. That could be Patrick Bateman's father. Anybody ever put that together? Uh, no, maybe, (laughs) maybe. Why not? Connected. Crazier things have happened. Mm. I want to say Romero said that uh, Warner Brothers cut ten minutes out of this film. Supposedly, I'm not surprised. Was it ever put on any bonus features? I get. Oh, never mind. That kind of answered the question. (laughs) I don't think it was. Yeah. Even. Yeah. Yeah. Even movies. Even movies that don't have a lot of blood or gore, like. Hollywood's got to do their snip snip for whatever it, reason. And it was a lot different, you know, it was probably not that much different, but like back in the day, the, the director had no say. They'd just snip it and it'd be thrown out. It's not like the director could go get the scraps off the floor and save it. No. You know what I mean? Like nowadays, yeah. if you wanted to, you could probably save the clips because it's digital. They'll give it to you or whatever if you want to kind of archive it. But that shit just all got put on the floor in the trash. Very sad. Oh. Directing was a very different animal in the 80s than it is now. That's for sure. How long can you hold your breath? And you know that sand is getting heavy as hell, too. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the quicksand effect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just kind of slowly takes you over. Mm -hmm. Slow, painful death. This this had to have been done. This has had to have been done a hundred times because of this movie. Strictly because of the movie. I'm sure it gave many people with an axe to grind some inspiration. Right. Next time you walk in the beach and you kick someone in the head. Ouch. Look at that lighting. Nice. That's a fish mm. tank shot. Yeah. 
I'm thinking back to the, like the Walking Dead with the governor and his fish tanks. Mm-hmm. Oh, high tide. Oh. Time to take the equipment mm-hmm. back. I want my TV, motherfucker. <laughs> Fix it. I'm gonna need it for my next. And he manages to do it without getting I mean, it's saturated with salt water and the circuits are blown, but why not? Let's just get this. It's important. And the wire is fucked up. Oh, come on. Kelly's got to keep a trophy, right? He's got the tape. That's the trophy. He's got the videotape. You can have multiple trophies. Nah, now you're talking about yourself. (laughs) That's no good. (laughs) Go unbury the bucket. He reminded me like a child. I think of a child at this moment. Taking a bucket out of the sand. Very nice. Build a sand castle. For very Bergman. Very Bergman-esque. Yeah, build mm. a sand gravestone out of sand. I thought that pot, that, that pail looked bigger when it was on the ground. Like it was two yeah, different pails. Right there, it looked like it was like one of those like citronella candles that you put outside. In the yeah. A little bug me going. Very nice. I love the ocean. <gasps> I hate the ocean. Oceans. As long as that's as far as I'm going, like I don't want to go in the water, but I just like to go and sit by the water and listen to the waves crash. That works. I'm absolutely mortified of the ocean. Won't go near it. Don't trust it. There's weird shit in there, man. I don't trust anything where I can't see the bottom. Mm. Bingo. See, he's not just—he's not just watching TV. He's watching six at once. Yeah, <laughs> like Hugh Hefner in the Playboy Mansion. Man, I barely—I barely have the attention span for one. Most of the time, everything on in this house is like background noise. Why we do absolutely everything but watch what we put on. Look at that. It's the chest of a man with purpose. Yes, sir. A Lord tracksuit. He's a ladies' man, too. That's why, they started, that's why they started making those for women. You know, the women got jealous because of that. I want a Velour tracksuit. Yeah. With some Adidas shell toe sneakers. I'll show, I'll show up at cons wearing that shit. <laughs> I like it. Take it back to the LL Cool J look, though. You got to throw on the Kango hat, too. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, duh. That's I'd have book. to do it. That's a moral imperative. <laughs> that screams an 80s Italian all day. Like, all he's missing right now is an IROC instead of the Jeep. Hey, yo, uh, hey, baby, you want to go to Scarborough <laughs> Beach? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He looks like, I don't, I don't know, you know, Melissa will know what I'm talking about, but like if you go down Federal Hill, <laughs> like fucking like Gino that. sitting da- sitting in front of fucking <laughs> Anthony's, fucking, just yep. fucking 
with a deck of cards on the table, smoking a cigar that's about eight feet long, just like, yep. like he's that guy. Like, like he's like, with oh, a, we're gonna go. with a pair of dice on the table, ready to play. His fucking girlfriend's thirty-seven years younger than him. You know, that's yeah, looking like a Barbie doll. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 for the fine Italian American section of Providence, <laughs> Rhode Island, right? There. That's that's what he looks like. They were all uh, full force this past weekend. The nude scene. <laughs> I know that bathroom looks like fucking a ghetto bathroom. It looks like my old ghetto bathroom. And the house is like beautiful, and that one bathroom's like not living up to the rest of the house. Well, he, he wasn't a way better shower than that. You couldn't be, I mean, marble in that fucking thing, right? He, he ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I'm the only one who's going to see the bathroom. Nobody really needs. They don't have to look nice. I don't need this thing to look great while I'm taking a shit. No big deal. Oh, but after all, he lives on a private island. His dirty deeds have come back to haunt him, though. Time to let it all hang low. A great, (laughs) a a fine shirtless Leslie Nielsen. Uh, Showing off those man boobs. Yeah, that's right. He's he's an old man. Got to give him a be easy on him. He's he was, was still pretty old. toned at that point. Leslie <laughs> was born old. He was born fucking 80 years old. Seriously. He's got gray hair. He had gray hair for as long as I could possibly remember. He, he found a look that works for him and he knocked it. Ooh, something's coming for you, Leslie. <laughs> fucking ominous. Ominous. For boating. Like the weird barrel voices. And fucking feet. <laughs> I love those Dutch angles. Oh, uh, yeah, the Dutch angles are nice. What do you want? And uh, Leslie Vonaducci over here is like, I like your duck angles too, baby. What's up? <laughs> you didn't know this is a friend. private island. Like, seriously, I'm waiting for him to bust out, like, acting like Scarface. You're so comfortable. Uh, yeah, it's you fucking cockroaches. Oh, no, yeah. it's just a seaweed zombie. Wrong segment. Like, how do you kill seaweed zombies? Do you get some, you know, turn them into sushi? I don't, like... Yeah. Sushi you get You get some rice, some soy sauce. <laughs> turn them into sushi. Get a hard yeah. wrap, get some yellowtail... Some tuna. <laughs> well, you don't shoot him in the head because he tried that, so that's, that's not how that works. Yeah, right. it, it, Those aren't zombies. If the head don't work, don't bother shooting him in the shoulder. You He's know, piggy, bullets. piggybacking on what we said before, do we want to take bets on whether or not Ted Danson auditioned for Cheers like that? <laughs> that would be hysterical if he did. <laughs> That'd be that'd be hilarious. I uh, sorry guys, I just uh, just came here from shooting this little movie, you know, creep show. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I was just uh, working with it's uh, probably not gonna, It's probably not going to be a cult classic. And sure enough, there it is. Leslie was big with the fart fart uh, machine. The fart. Yeah, on the set. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. All this screaming stuff that it looks like he's laughing, he's actually laughing. Uh, 
it's not him screaming. He was he was too jokey to do a serious scene, so they all they could do is get him laughing and make it look like it. That's like that's like what uh, like he was panicking. Yeah, yeah. Using a fart machine, Kane likes to walk around with that little bottle of spray stuff that smells like literally ass, <laughs> and spraying it behind random people at conventions. <laughs> And they went back into the... They didn't want to stay in that nice house. And this poor Leslie Nielsen. Like, payback's a bitch, bro. I ain't gonna hold my breath for a long time. <laughs> I can hold my breath Ooh. throughout the rest of this film. I know. And now he's dead. Or is he? Dun, dun, dun. I mean, they never answered the question. That's he's got true. a point. He could have, he, maybe he was telling the truth. He could hold his breath for a really long time. Maybe. Maybe he's still holding it. I was just going to say, you walk out to the beach right now, you'll find him. <laughs> ah, yes. The crate. the crate. The crate. The crate. With the, the, the big dog creature. Fluffy, they call it. Oh, Fluffy. Great segment. May, maybe my favorite segment. In the whole anthology, most I curious, think, I'd say, yeah. Oh yeah, no, this is definitely the most. This this has the most uh, straight ahead horror in it, in my opinion. The best gore, like the when he scratches the dude's neck. Yeah, later, that looked really fucking good. Everybody, like, oh, mm-hmm. I love how when people just you know they think that by calling something fluffy, it's gonna make it cute. Yeah. No, I think that was I, th- I think it was ironic, like how you call like fat dudes tiny. Yeah, yeah. this Adrian Barbo being annoying and drunk, oh, killing it, dude. Being first of all, up. yeah. First of all, Adrian Barbo is never annoying. <laughs> like second of all, she's already got a couple of drinks in her, so that's just yeah. an easy target. Hey, Billy. Yeah, I mean, well, you, I'm trying to explain it from Hal Holbrook's perspective. Oh, uh, God damn, though. Mm. We've all mm. met the how the how guys that have been with girls that were crazy like that. Fuck yeah. all, man. To be John Carpenter in 1982, that'd have been sweet magic. The only way that he could have done any better was if it was like Sophia Loren. No, no, Adrian Ooh, Carpenter. Like I mean, because Sophia Loren, she's another one that aged very nicely. So, absolutely, yes. But, but Adrian Barbo in 1982. Is still superior to Adrian Barbo in 2022. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, just I mean, like we always have like an episode. Like, there's always like a sexual icon of every movie that we have. We've had our golden yeah. gods. Yeah. Um, we finally got one of the ladies that are worthwhile. And, and now, I mean, like, yeah, it's Adrian Barbo. Like, she just, yep. Mm. I do have an interesting Adrian Barbo fact. Ooh. Yeah. She and Tom Atkins have been in four films, but they've never been on screen with each other. In I bet you they films. were on screen with each other off camera. Hey! <laughs> Let's just guess, because I know that if I was Tom Atkins and I saw Adrian Barbeau, and Tom Atkins being Tom Atkins, oh yeah. Yeah, he's a pimp. That went yeah. down. That went, or more specifically. He's the man. He went down. He is, right? and <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he went up to her and say, "Hey, baby, thrill me." Yeah, basically. 
That's all he had to do. Like, he just walked up to her and, like, pointed. And that was it. Like, you think any woman's he's... ever walked up to him and said, drill me? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I probably would think so. Guaranteed. <laughs> and I promise you, it probably happened last week. <laughs> last week? Last night, bro. Yeah, Fritz Weaver in the building over here. I believe this Look is that. another uh, character actor. Reanimator from Tony's favorite uh, film. Tony loves Reanimator. Oh, I love Reanimator. There you go. Why, who I don't think Fritz Reaver is in Reanimator. I think Fritz Reaver was in Reanimator. Yeah, he's the doctor. Yeah. That, that's David Gale, I think. Uh, like the bad guy, the guy gets his head cut off. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. The dude who gets his head cut off and does yes, uh, and, and does okay. You could be right. Does, and does dirty wrong. stuff to Barbara Crampton. Yeah, yeah. I was keeping a PG. The uh, why? Yeah, you're right, Tony. You got me. Good call. I'm gonna double check on that. I think you're right. Let's talk about the movie. He's talking <laughs> on a phone with a blue suit. They love their blue suits in these Stephen King movies. It's 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 the early eighties, man. It's it's the late seventies, early eighties. They love that blue, that pastelly fucking weird blue. Mm-hmm. And the sports jackets with the patches on the sleeves. Does he have patches? I can't tell. I, I kind of looks it there, but I don't. I'm not sure. Nope. I like how they do the split screen with the yeah. phone call here. You don't see a lot of that. You don't see a lot of that outside of the Brady Bunch. For 24. Yeah. 24 24 stole it from this stone. See, I don't like the split screen because it takes less time. What happens is when they put the split screen on with the two men talking on the phone, Adrian Barbeau is not on the screen. Then that's a problem for me. And And she's off the screen now. I know. Hey, Billy. That made me very sad. She'll be back. Bang. Look, at she's already. She's sprawled if you're in a necrophilia. Hey, the body only, your body only gets cold one degree an hour. I got a whole hour. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Now that's a man who knows what he likes. He's done some research, huh? And she's back. That's fantastic. (laughs) I can't even deal with you. All right. Well, all right. Transparency. Transparency. My other, the other guitarist in my band is a mortician. So I know all kinds of weird dead people facts, whether I wanted to or not. (laughs) That's kind of fun, though. That's good times. Sure. Trust me. You'd think it would be cool being in a death metal band, having a mortician in your band, but then you learn shit that you never wanted to fucking know. And yeah. (laughs) Like the tax. The tax thing to keep their eyelids closed. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. one. That's yeah, my like grandfather. My grandfather went to Mhm. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting what the body they put the body through to make it look the way it does at a funeral. Yeah, I didn't like hearing that one bit. I I decided on cremation that day. Yeah. Mhm. Me too. I think cremation is the easier way to go. No gonna rot. Rotten's the worst part of dying. Well, I mean, Wait, I don't. I'd rather I'd rather be cremated than be warm food. 
bloating up, blowing up, blowing up and turning into a big wet trash bag full of shit is fucking the worst part of dying. <laughs> I, I think that's worse than even dying. Mm. I don't think dying's that painful if you die naturally or whatever. Like this, well, dying was painful for this dude coming up. I can tell you. Yeah, I was about I was about to say talking about painful deaths. <laughs> right? Yeah. We we're got a couple to, in this segment. We're about that, to see a couple. And that fucking, that janitor dude who probably has the most gruesome death in this whole movie, I, again, probably the only good good person in it, a nicest person, just trying to help out, trying to be a good guy, working hard for the family, you know what I mean? And then he gets Yeah, wrong place at the wrong time. Shredded. That's how it happens. It's funny when, like, they, when he calls up uh, Holbrook's character and he's like he's laughing about how he thought he beat a girl up and like raped her or something <laughs> on accident he's like oh funny thing happened to me on the way home let me tell you yeah. he slipped tripped and landed on my dick <laughs> that, that excuse don't work anymore Mel <laughs> I mean I don't, th- I, I don't know that's that's not a very good excuse probably shouldn't have worked in the first place there you go That has uh, the power not to shift around within that crate while being carried is a, a superpower in itself. I'm saying. I'm picturing the leprechaun jumping out of it. Close. does have that look. Same frame. Use the same frame. Same angle in leprechaun movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very and true. This professor just fucking hands this guy poor janitor over to him practically. Well, this dude's fucking very unlikable too. This 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 professor dude. You want? Yeah, he's not. He's not a good guy. No. Yeah, you want him. You want him dead. So like, it's like, go for it. There is a lot. There, there's very few almost likable people. Like, I love the movie, but like, when you really start breaking down all the characters, they're not really good people. None of them really. No. So everything that happens to him is kind of like suiting. Yeah, yeah. It, it provides like a sort of satisfaction mm. when you see him get it. Even like his character, where you're supposed to like him because he's like picked on by her, you find unlikable because he allows it to happen. You know what I mean? Like there, yeah. there, there, there's, yeah, yeah. You like grow some spine, you pussy. Yeah, it's like every scene she has. A drink or something. That's called alcoholism. And he just lets it... There you go. (gasps) Everybody... Tony God thought that was it. No, that was not it. (laughs) That was just another one of his dreams. He doesn't have what it takes to kill her off for good. You leave her alone. She's just getting a little loose. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) She's preparing herself for James. Yeah, I was thinking that too. God, I hope. Someday. I can only imagine. I don't care. I don't care. Like, I could be like, she could be 97 years old, and I could be like coming at her in a walker. And I'd just be like, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Opening up the crate. This is a mistake. Mm-hmm. Never open a crate that says Arctic Expedition or, or has... chained and padlocked. 
Or has Carpenter on the box. Yeah. Or just, I mean, just don't open crates that you don't know what the fuck's in it. Locked in padlocks. Sure. You know, chains and padlocks would have been enough for me to say no. Well, I mean, let's be for real here. If any of us actually stumbled into this crate in, in a school, nobody would ever think that this would be what would be in the crate. You know what I mean? You think it'd be books or something ridiculous. Fair. Like, I think it's a fucking, you know what I mean? Those old school, the carts with the TVs <laughs> on them, you know? This angry, angry snowman would yeah, be the best I, way I could describe it. All the different things jumping around in their head of what could be in that box. The angry sn- snowman is not in. Or whatever you said. Is that what you the said? Angry, angry snowman. snowman. Yeah. yeah. That's not it. Sounds it, like the angry <laughs> snowman. <laughs> the angry snowman sounds like some kind of weird sex position you'd find on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next Dave Maggot movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think they've already made a movie with an angry snowman. Jack they made Frost. a few. Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Yeah, they made Jack Frost. Yeah. But now, I'm going to. By next show, I'm going to figure out what sexual position the angry snowman is. And and we're gonna and we're gonna let you guys know. I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna if I gotta invent it, that's fine. But by I, next I, show, I, I think the angry snowman is going to be like a uh, carrot just stuck up your ass. Ouch. Hey, you're while creative. while you're eating a, a slushy, <laughs> you're on to something there, Hawk. That you're on to something there. Creative. Who's got a Snoopy snow cone maker still? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I like that. Oh, Carrot up the ass, snow cone on the titties. The angry snowman. Ooh, I like that's, that. That's the beginning. And the light changes to red. Very effective. This this shot's very yeah. really effective. How the blood slowly starts to trickle down the arm. Yeah. Very effective. It's back it's, to that. It's back to that almost giallo lighting, too. Very, very vibrant. Yeah. There's that mouth. Speaking of, ang- speaking of angry snowmen. Yeah. My cousin had that mask as a kid, and every time I used to go over his house, it literally scared the shit out of me. So he always would chase after me with it every time I went over there. I saw I saw a mask of that, actually. Funny you didn't mention that, Melissa. At CT Horror Fest, I saw a mask of that. But it was like the jaw structure worked and everything. Like, it was one of those. Like, it was fucking cool. And terrifying all at the same some, time. Yeah, because man, some people they go all out when they get those cosplay costumes yeah. together. But this this was like this mask meant business. Like somebody put a lot of work into it. Well, I mean it's gotta be a Savini thing, right? Because this yeah. is he's a, a part of this, so But creatures oh, yeah. were never yeah, creatures were never Savini's forte though. Like he was he was a gore guy, you know? This is one of the first movies that you really got to make monsters. Yeah. Now, your first thought after encountering the monster would be to leave the building. I not would. go grab a student who's just walking happily there. Well, he is, he's, what do you call that, tra- traumatized? <laughs> I would say traumatized is fair. Yeah. I would say yeah, it's mildly like that. Destroyed? Is that a good word? The, uh, yeah. Mentally checked out. That's oh, fair. Yeah, dude. I've been mentally checked out for days. 
Yeah. Imagine being that close to that actually happening, how fucked up you would be. You might not be able to move. You'd be so afraid of what just happened. Well, I can promise you that my pants will be freshly shat at the very least. (laughs) There might be a tear or seven. There would be, yeah. Even if it was nervous, watery eyes. dirty, Dirty pants. Then Robert Harper here, actor, is about to get his, but he deserves it. Even the student deserves it, too. I don't like the student. I never found him likable, and then he's all like, fucking, you want him to die. You want him to be fucking killed off. See, Matt's philosophy. They should all die. They should all all die. die Everybody dies. It's a horror movie. Yeah. Plain and simple, it's a horror movie. Nobody should have a happy ending. That's my opinion. I'm with it. Oh. Happy endings for romantic comedies. It reminds me of Rick Moranis in um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids right there with that outfit, the facial expressions. Well, the, the student? Yeah. 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 Uh, I gotta say, Mr. Rick Moranis. Huh, you miss him? Oh, well, yeah, I mean... He just came back for a little bit. Yeah. Punch, yeah. Punch he didn't get punched, punched in the face. The uh, latest uh, Ghostbusters I heard. He did a TV role. He did a role on TMZ recently. Getting punched in the face. Yeah. Did? Yeah. Now, he's in the Ghostbusters movie. I wonder what that costs. Because he refused to come back. To acting for anything. Well, he was taking care of his kids because his wife died of uh, the big C a while yeah. back. That's why he. That's why he stopped. But his kids are all grown now. So yeah, he has no reason to not now. Other than you know, getting punched in the face. Yeah, other than age. Like thanks, Ryan Reynolds. It's all your fault. Oh, poor Ryan Reynolds. You leave Wade Wilson out of this. It was his fault, though. He would he was doing a commer- getting ready to go meet him up to do the commercial for cricket. What? When did he get? When Rick Moranis got when punched? Rick Moranis got punched? Yeah, because Ryan he was supposed to be doing a cricket commercial for with Ryan Reynolds. Hmm. Why would anyone even punch Rick Moranis in the face? Like, why? What? What about Rick Moranis would would you look at and go, "I want to hit that guy"? Like, yeah, right. He seems like one of the nicest people on planet Earth. Like. <laughs> It's probably a knockout game or something like that. Something oh, no pun intended. Some, some like a random, was... just like some random assault. Yeah, some some youth, some wild youth, some little asshole. Yeah, that didn't know who he was hitting. Yeah, makes mm-hmm. sense. Gen Z is terrible. Yeah, most uh, most of the young generation would know a good uh, actor if he came up and kicked him in the ass. Well, I mean, they're all good actors, don't you know, Alex? They're all good actors. They're on TikTok. They're all famous. They're special people. You Everybody's too. super special. Yes, they're very special people. Am- amateur Instagram models. Amateur yeah. Instagram models. Everybody's famous these days. Famous hey, and special. Hey, hey. You, you know, I, I'm a soldier on Call of Duty, so, yeah. That's not even true. You've never played Call of Duty in your life. I guess I'm a star. I have played Call of Duty. All right, I take it back. 
I'll have I'll have you know that oh. by that logic, I am a dark knight in Final I, Fantasy. I, I, Jedi. Hell yeah. Also a Jedi. And a, rac- oh. a Star's team member. Fuck yeah. He was really... They really, like, drove home this red-blue dynamic. Yeah. Uh, it's been through, like, the whole movie. Yeah. But like it, like Matt said earlier, too, it gives it that whole, you know, that gives it that whole comic feel to it, too. Oh, no, it's it's definitely a comic book feeling, but it's, like... Prominent. Very prominent. It, almost every scene of any kind of violence in this film has had that red and blue. Even the, even the Earth Tones, again, with, like we've discussed with past movies, like, he kind of really, like, they really stuck to a format with, like, these earlier movies with the color usage. It was the vibe for the time. Like, time. a lot of Earth Tones, Earth Tones were the interior decorating, like, thing. Like, pa- pastels were out the window, like, at, in the late 70s, early 80s. It was all, it was all your, uh, eggshells and browns and tans and that kind of stuff. So it makes sense that the production designers would go with something that looks contemporary. Just funny because they almost blend in in the scenes with the wardrobe. Mm. Absolutely. Not wrong. Minimal. They probably do it so you focus on other things. Absolutely. I agree with Matt. Like that chessboard. That was a nice chessboard. Yeah, that thing was huge. Also, another thing about earth tone backgrounds, when you're trying to light um, an actor or something, it's a lot easier to make your actors pop when you have a lot of monotone color behind them. And then they have on like a white or a blue or something that offsets them from the from the background. Like, do you look even look at the background here? You see a lot of black. You see a lot yeah. of brown like like that that little bit of like gray to it but then you see the guy and he's all white you know what i mean and and the same thing like too like even with the random pieces of furniture in the room that they're sticking out along with the characters Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's all technique it's all plan it's right i love that Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Melissa. Oh no, it's okay. Right. I was just gonna make a comment. Like, I love how they all have the fe- that you know that lovely eighties feathered hair look. Hey, uh, look good. Absolutely. But I, I love just, the eighties. The eighties were a magical fucking time in cinema, and I nobody can tell me that it wasn't. There was some very special, special stuff being created in the eighties. It's all because of cocaine. Something special being created right there, too. Yeah, nice roofie. Through the power of cocaine. You are absolutely right, Alex. It is all through the power of cocaine. Heck yeah. The power of cocaine compels you. Listen, if it wasn't for cocaine, we wouldn't have the first 10 years of Stephen King's career to talk (laughs) about. Seriously. True, true. True. And he was an alcoholic, too. So, you know, the combination of the two. Well, we just talked about that with the Shining episode. Yep. That you guys at home can listen to on our Spotify. Yeah. It's archived. It sure is. But yeah, we just talked about that. This isn't a very personal story for King, but I also think it's personal to his early life when he was a kid. Being the Mark Petrie horror nerd that he was, reading reading his creepy comics. 
which I think we can all relate to in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. The land of misfit toys that we are. We're a land. We're misfit we're toys. People. We're people. <laughs> yes, we're the land of misfit toys. <laughs> Am I like the discarded vibrator? <laughs> if that's what you want to be, James. I mean, that makes the most sense, really. Well, I mean, I mean, we all got goals, and if that goal is yours, I his goal is to his goal is to be Adrian Barbo's disposable vibrator. Okay. <laughs> I, I think most of us can fall for that. Listen, okay, if that were the case, the rest of my life at the landfill would just be gravy heaven. I'm fine. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I'm good. That's it. I reached the top of the mountain, Mom. I made it. <laughs> Probably not the mountain you wanted me to be at the top of, but I still made it. Listen, okay, my mom did very low expectations of me from the beginning. So if that's where I got, I think it's better than what she was hoping for. Mm-hmm. Now these all come and collected. Al Holbrook's taking charge. Waiting for his wife to show up. In the scene before, you notice a little uh, little good actor thing where like, you notice his character actually like start to take, be able to take charge because he, all, he almost like you can get the feel that he, uh, he knows he has something on that guy, so he feels he's above him in a way. So, like, he feels comfortable, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. The girl keeps him fucking stifled all the time. Oh, there she is. Uh-huh. It's more like a two-for-one for him. That's what's coming, <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the two-for-six of BK coming up. Yeah. Make it your way. Have it your way. Oh, I'll make it my way, all right. Woo! Mack it up, flip it, rub it down. To spread all the nice blood all over the place. Yeah, have you ever noticed, like, in movies, when they're mopping up blood, it, they're not actually doing anything? They're not cleaning a goddamn thing. It's just making, like... Oh, no, it's like, making uh, it worse. It's yeah. just making more blood go other places, like... Look at that. Then we can't understand why it takes 50 years to clean up the blood. Yeah, it's ineffective yeah. as shit. First of all, I should be using bleach, buddy. Not that I'd know. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. You beat me to that one. Again, again, we got that. We got that like deep red, yeah, sat- lighting saturation to kind of go with his blood. But it's weird when he cuts away to the floor; like it's still not. It's not lit like that again anymore. You also got the red lighting for the Adrian Barbeau scene too. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think it's odd that they like dip away from the red lighting when they go to the scenes of them wiping the blood off on the floor and then they pop back to it. I never noticed that before. Mm. But since we were kind of looking at we've been analyzing the, the the lighting and cinematography here, I just it, I just something I just picked up on. That's weird. Yeah. Maybe it was a mistake. Nah, my my oh, best guess, my bet, my best guess would be pickups, man. Like they were like, "Oh, we need insert shots. We need to show what he's actually doing." Scary. You're right. 
Loving it, dude. She's loving the abuse, too. I believe the note says something about how he roughed up a girl. And everybody thinks it's funny. Even the girl. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean I've, I've always taken this Barbo as, as one that enjoys the, uh, the, 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 uh, the sadism. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's if why she treats, <laughs> treats the dude like shit. Like, I, oh, I, I mean... I mean, she has the look of a woman that's pegged somebody. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I get that vibe, man. That just makes your dreams even better. I don't know hey. what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> hey, whatever floats your boat, man. Oh, I needed that laugh. <laughs> I love the fact that we can all be adults and even have this conversation because any other chick would be like, oh, my God, why are you saying all of that? Oh, if, if anybody else was on this show right now, we'd be canceled as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the funny thing is if any, if any of all of us end up becoming, like, really big and famous – you they're going to find this footage. We're not hosting the Oscars. They're going go, to come through all the different episodes of everything we've done, and then, you know, we'd be canceled <laughs> like the next these, day. These guys are all fucked in the head. Cancel them all. Listen, 15 minutes into a Culture Shock episode, I'd be canceled, so it doesn't matter. I'm going to say whatever the hell I want. <laughs> yeah. Here comes your girlfriend, man. It's her time. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those white pants. Look at that. I That's fucking remember. brave. That is a bold fashion statement right there. Well, well, she's wearing those white pants, so you can... It's got, like, that whole Charlie's Angels vibe with that outfit. I mean, it's 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 a product of the time. Yeah. You know, that, that was Charlie's Angels time. That's the look of a, a wife looking to fuck somebody other than her husband. Absolutely, man. That's what that look is. That is. I, 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 I think that's a. Uh, I, I want to be with James. Look. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving that too. you. I think that's why she wore it. Yes, I'm leaving you for James Lamont. I'm a man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, it has to I'm be this way. Who? I'm a man. A, a man can dream. Okay, <laughs> a man can fucking dream. That's why. Look at he's crying now because of it. Broke he's up. like, damn that James Lamont. <laughs> he's too sexy. Wouldn't be the first married woman I stole. It's got to be the beard. It generally is. I, I think it's actually the horror collection that, that steals her away. Sometimes. I mean, that would steal me away, but then the beard is like an added bonus. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. You got a two-for-one special right there. Nine times out of ten, it's the beard. I've never please stolen a married woman, by the way. That was a Please joke. don't leave uh, me for James Lamont. Come on, baby. We you know you want to. You I promise me. I'll do better. <laughs> okay, wait. You guys got me. You guys, you guys got my my mind running now. I got an idea. I have an idea. Uh-oh. Remake it. Remake a shaft. However, Uh-oh. I'm playing shaft. I think that would be fucking genius. Hell yeah. Like, we don't love them, hosts. 
That's just it. We don't have them out. Oh my god, look at just look at her. Please go in there. If they can make white characters black, why not make black characters white? You know, I didn't even oh, think no. of that angle. Somebody's gonna go nuts. But no, let's just bask in the yeah. I said it. The half baked spick said it. <laughs> look at this. Look at it. it's going down. It's going down. I think this is Literally. Part, this, this is this is this is the real one, right? This isn't the fake one. We're gonna cancel Al Holbrook over this. He's too handsy. Way too handsy. Look at that. But she's getting liking sh- it. She's laughing at him. She's she getting shaken. Shaking baby syndrome right there. I was just gonna. Yep. Uh, shaking, not stirred. Yeah, dude, that that is like massive role play right there, man. Seriously. <laughs> Wake up the beast. I think I think this is like one weird night in Thailand I had. Like, is she gonna wake up? <laughs> he must be so worried now because if that thing doesn't kill her, the the hell that he's going home to after this is gonna be a fucking nightmare for him. You might yeah, as well I mean, hang it up, dude. You might as well put that noose up in the closet. Just just David Carradine it, man. Just do it. It's like awesome. he's waiting for this thing to come. Oh, yeah. He's getting great. He's going to open the box up himself soon and throw her in there. Oh, yeah. Fucking bitch. The lamp dick. <laughs> I mean, I'll be, the, I'll be the first one to say it, that she definitely, absolutely, 100% has it coming. Oh, but... yeah. Sure. <laughs> and he ain't. I forget the line. But she's in, she's fucking giving his dick hard times. I know that. No pun intended. <laughs> exactly. I believe she's yeah. referencing to the opposite of hard times. Yeah. If I'm the not lips times. That's why she's leaving him for you. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Oh, oh there he is. I don't yeah. think I, I don't think she's leaving anybody yeah. for anything. She's she's getting the angry snowman right now. <laughs> He's like, just say hey, Billy. He had a funny line at this point in the movie too, where he's like, "Just, just tell him it'll be okay, Bill." Like something fucking ridiculous. Just tell him, "Look at your pocketbook." Something crazy. I love it. Now he's gonna jump out the window. Very traumatic. I mean, if that's how you're gonna go, he's completely turned over. Now he's a he's a fucking real man's man by the end of this thing. Mm-hmm. He goes back, he tells his professor friend that fucking you don't gotta worry about that, dude. He's gonna drink 65 fucking beers while chopping wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he would be the type of dude that would go home and drink a beer and be like, I'm a man now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, I just popped my murder cherry. But it's gonna have to be like domestic beer. Like, he wouldn't drink foreign beer. Get the O'Doul's going. He, he'd He'd crack an O'Doul's or, or a fucking bush. Oh, I was thinking that shit, whatever that shit beer was that Stephen King was drinking in the first story. That would be Schlitz. Yeah. Which ripple. is a real beer. But. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> just gross. Like, that's, that's like drinking that Steel Reserves type shit. Narragansett. You, you, you go home and crack a Narragansett, like, coin. <laughs> Now comes the most difficult part, trying to get the box chained up. Mm. Well, it should be stuffed by now. You ate a lot of people. I was going to get stuffed the box, huh? I've been hibernating, though, for many years. I mean, you know, as a man who's stuffed boxes in his day, I can tell you it's not easy. 
<laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> I was I was just waiting. I, like Melissa threw the alley oop, but it needed the comedic timing. I gave it a couple of seconds. <laughs> Good comic book uh, split screen. Okay. Yeah, the, I mean that was like the art department for Creep Show. Like yeah. two thumbs up. You know what for I mean? For real, they yeah. killed it. Yeah, the sets are amazing. Production design, the the, the frame in frame out work with the, with the actual hand drawn comic frames and stuff, like yeah. really great stuff. More of that blue, more of that blue. There it is. The scores really, like we said before, the John Harrison scores are like great. Yeah, the score for this film is very good. Fucking an incredible score. It's it, it hits that really important line where it's like a lot when it needs to be, and then not when it doesn't need to be. It definitely scales itself back. Like he, he didn't overproduce it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's goofy but scary. Yeah, it's, you get it's that. well balanced. You get that you get that old school like haunted house vibe from it almost. Yeah. Later that night. And the, and the next morning. Now he's a man, yeah. He's drinking his schlitz. I'm drinking <laughs> beer for breakfast. I'm a man now. I'm a real man now. Give me three hundred and thirty six strips of fucking bacon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now <laughs> I have all the cards now. This uh-huh. dude knows Billy's dead just by the fact he's drinking that beer this early. I'm drinking a beer <laughs> at all. Probably. He's very satisfied with himself. That's Hal Holbrook, is. fantastic actor. I've seen him on, uh, right before he passed away, he did um, Sons of Anarchy. He played, yeah. Played a father with uh, dementia, and it was fucking like, heartbreakingly good. Yeah, it was uh, Katie Seagull's dad. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And now they're going to play chess. You got to. Well, that's what you do when you kill your wife. When you get that free time. That all that free time you ever wanted. You kill your you wife chess. and you have, now you have something on the professor. Great yeah. movie so, makes you gonna find out how badly he's going to die. They become romantic at the end. Why didn't anybody ever think of that before? Like, what if, what, if, what if that was the way that it went? Like, there was a, like... Hal had a boy crush on him, and he said, well, look what I did for you. He has that sway about him right now where he's, like, about to proposition him and be like, well, I helped you out. You now I get me. to advance my career, too. Like a little more than advancing the career, Toad. I basically, you know, <laughs> I, I basically, basically what we're trying to say is, is that he's about to hold up a three-pound tub of industrial-grade personal lubricant and be like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, and the thing is broken yeah, out. It's beautiful. Yeah, most horrifying. Those the eyes, ang- the angry snowman, man. Yeah, right everyone knows. I think that the only two characters that actually survived this film is who? Uh, Fritz Weaver and Hal Holbrook. That's yeah. true. That is true. Yeah, true. 
that's very good. That's good, Tone. I, yeah. I think you're like dead on with that too. I'm, I'm scrolling through my list and everybody else is dead. There's our boy E.G. Marshall in the building. He does give a great performance in this segment. Mm-hmm. Now, this is how you carry a segment when you're forced to have a segment with one actor. Get an actor who can act. And E.G. Marshall did a great job in the segment. He did. What actor didn't act? Stephen King? He's you still hating on Stephen King? <laughs> He's hating on King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hating on King. E.G. Marshall from Rude. Christmas Vacation, King. 12 Angry Men. 12 Angry Men, classic. I like he goes, go out there and get laid, but wear a condom. Everybody got the herpes these days. Now, you want to know who was rumored to play that character? Uh, I know this, but I'll let you say it. Max Von Cito. Oh, yeah. Um, Exorcist fame. That's just a rumor. They they didn't know if they were going to be able to pull this off. And um, if they they didn't, if they couldn't pull it off, they were actually going to make the Hitcher from part two take the place of this one. But I guess in the last minute, they figured out a way to do this modernized rich guy's apartment, which it don't it's a fucking, he lives in Tupperware, you know what I mean? It's not like anything rich. It's like very futuristic looking. And I also heard that the, the most expensive thing bought for this film was all the cockroaches. They were 50 cents each. <laughs> now, E.G. Marshall plays like a Howard Hughes type character. Yeah. 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 Plays an old dickhead. He's Scrooge. He's pretty he's Scrooge. He's like Scrooge. He's an asshole. He, he also doesn't want to leave the room. Who so wants to leave the room anymore? Come on. It's like the New cool thing is never leave your house. He oh, could, eats fucking shredded raisin bran. Why would you want to leave your room? <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on now. I can think of many reasons why I wouldn't want to eat shredded raisin bran. <laughs> With roaches. With roaches, no less. Though apparently they're fantastic protein. That's what they say. It's the yeah, shells. You just have they're to very crunchy. all the diseases. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good for you. I like that. The line about cutting the throat's great in this too when the fucking wife calls up and she's like, I'm so-and-so's widow. And uh, he's like, oh, he's a dummy. And then he's like, I only, I only, what do you say? I only killed the people that stretched out their necks and gave me the knife. Only the people that fucked up. Great line. And I think you also wanted to know who gave her the number. Oh, the number, yeah. Person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My husband gave me this number, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I can't fire him now, can I? Goddamn Howard Hughes. Fucking harsh. I love that harshness. It's Archie Bunker's brother right here. It looks like it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Hortense Bunker. Mm. Ah. Tell me about it. We're close. I don't know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the cockroach crawling up his leg. That's good like, for you, you. You sound like his hair looks. Like I, I. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah, I just, I, oh, I hate fucking bugs, man. He's got the eraser head going on. 
just they're just little guys. Nothing wrong with them. It's a little bug. That's what I'm gonna look like. My hair will look like in the morning when I get up. Frizzed I mean, up. Yep. Like Looking it. like Mufasa's again daughter. Could be worse. <laughs> I mean, it could be a birdie and tarantula. Tarantulas would be worse. Yeah. I uh, yeah no, I don't like spiders either. <laughs> I'm not bothered by spiders, but mm. nah, man, spiders, cockroaches, like anything creepy crawly, <laughs> I don't do well. I just don't know enough about spiders to know which ones are venomous or not, so I just kind of tend to avoid all of them. Yeah, better be safe. Don't play with any of them. <laughs> Bingo. That can be said about a lot of things, not just bugs. Oh no, no, that's that. It's fine. It's, that's the only context we're talking about here is bugs. We're not judging anybody for their extracurricular activities. For a guy with money, he doesn't buy brand name stuff. That bug spray isn't Raid. It's fucking store brand. It's terrible. But I guess that's how you would save your money, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean that's that's why he's so rich. He uh, he skimps on the uh, pest uh, control. You know, there's some there, there's probably some truth to that. I, I guarantee you, like rich people are probably the cheapest bastards on the face they of the are, earth. Yeah. That's why they're rich, right? You could almost say that this was like. Uh, if you said that, if somebody told me that the subliminal this was supposed to be like a mental hospital type vibe, I would almost get that vibe. Like he was a crazy person who just imagined he who was... just imagines all this. Yeah. Imagines that jukebox full of music in his room that ain't there. He imagines. I was just gonna bugs. say I wouldn't mind not having that jukebox in my yeah. room. He imagines the bugs, his lifestyle. I mean, it would make sense. He, he looks like a patient. He's all dressed like a patient. He's in almost a padded room. Yep. Oh, he he's looks... looking at the jacket that lets him hug himself. Mm. Yeah, he looks good in bonkers. He's fun. He's likable. I f- he's he's one of the ones you, you're supposed to fucking really hate, but I find him, like, very funny. Like Tony said, that's a sign of a good actor. You know, I will say that I will give this gentleman, I will give Marshall the the benefit over King in the fact that he. But this is a fucking veteran actor, Tony. That's why he's shining in this one man show. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, even even at this point, he had been in so much shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all all King has is a mountain of cocaine and alcohol. He had a mountain of cocaine. Typewriter, he's freshly pissed off at Stanley Kubrick. (laughs) (laughs) And the end result of his foray into Hollywood was the glorious masterpiece that is Maximum Overdrive. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's good times. Still have to say, it is the first uh, uh, movie I can think of that uh, uh, showcased the Green Goblin. Yes, it's very true. At least you got ACDC. There's some ACDC. Hell yeah. For his film. Yeah, dude, I like that movie. That's a good flick. They kill a kid. They kill, they kill a kid with a Coke can, I believe. They do. Shoot him in the head. 
It's a pretty balls to the wall. And that's one of the best intros. In, I think it's the intro, the outro where uh, King goes up to the ATM and it calls him an <laughs> asshole and he goes, honey, this machine just called me an <laughs> asshole. asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot right. of fucking cocaine was probably done on that. <laughs> said, "Holy shit!" Yes, My I would God. love to hear some stories. <laughs> Him and Emilio Estevez in a trailer for like Ooh. an hour, and the next thing you know, <laughs> they come out, they bang out like seven fucking reels yeah. in, in, in like three hours, and it's just them two. I like, wouldn't doubt it. I mean, the movie. But, oh, okay. remember when? when remember. <laughs> When Mick um, had told us about Anthony Perkins doing ass yeah. and San Francisco, that was a great story. I, I mean, I can see that you get Emilio Estevez and Stephen King with a mountain of cocaine, and out in out of the middle of the mountain of cocaine, Charlie Sheen. I was just gonna say, <laughs> dear God, <laughs> about That's me, how boy. Charlie Sheen was created it's out of a mountain of cocaine. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, but I believe he was shooting the Wraith. When they did Maximum Overdrive. Very underrated movie. Also yep. a very underrated movie. I completely agree with that. Fantastic film. Saw that recently for the first time. Watching Clint oh. Howard fucking like two WD-40 up his nose is like the best thing in the world. <laughs> Randy Quaid. Yep. Yeah. Had a great cast. It really did. And I think that was like pre like Charlie Sheen going like absolutely ape shit with the drugs. So it was. It was. Uh, I think it was before he lost control. I think he was going ape shit since day one, but he, didn't, he lost control at one point. Uh, before he, <laughs> yeah. he got tiger blood. Yeah. At at, at, so, at some point, the, the tractor trailer jackknifed, and it just kind of yeah. slid down the highway for a really yeah. long time. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like. I don't know. I've tried to imagine the pitch meeting for Maximum Overdrive a bunch of times, and it's just like Stephen King, like fucking a whole kilo of cocaine just piled up in front of him, and he's just like, "Yeah, so you know, yeah, yeah, so there's fucking machines, right? Yeah, yeah." <laughs> That'd be an awesome story to fucking hear, though. Yeah, man. I, 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 of all Stephen King things, I really would love to hear some shit about Maximum Overdrive. Did he ever do a commentary track for that? No. Not I think I he's of. trying to forget that film. Hey, it's a fun movie. I like it. It didn't, I mean, it's not it's a high not point It's not your typical him. horror movie because no. trucks, you know what I mean? But, like, it's fun. It has its elements. It's pretty edgy for what it is, when it, you know, like the kid getting killed. And it's pretty violent, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I mean, for King, it was kind of milk toast. It was a little run of the mill. It was a little... Yeah. Not as ballsy as some of his other stuff, but for Hollywood, oh yeah, it pushed all kinds of buttons. And him being ripped out of his mind on Coke, he was like, I don't fucking care. I'm the director. I'm going to do what the fuck I want. Mm, I love the interview King and hear what his cleanup process was like, what him actually cleaning up was like. Because I bet he had those doubts of being able to write, you know, a lot of people who get fucked up. For a long time, when they get off the drugs, they, they can't, the alcohol, they don't think they get, they're creative anymore. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I bet he went through that. I mean, you can definitely tell in his body of work that from when he was doing heavy shit and then when he wasn't. Yeah. 
there's definitely a different tone. But that's 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 the that's the thing about King's work is it's all personal to a degree. So you can tell like when he became a dad, yeah. when he stopped doing drugs. Like there's 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 nuances to his writing that are affected definitely by his personal life. Did he stop doing drugs before the kid or after? Oh, well after. Okay. Yeah, Joe, I was going to say the kid was in this, right? Yeah. yeah, I believe Joe and Owen were born like in the early seventies. Oh, he's so. got multiple kids. Yeah. Okay. Crunching those fucking bugs. Yeah, man. So funny, you see this and then you picture a movie like Hearts in Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> this is a nightmare. If you were, if you were like phobic, yeah, phobia of these of bugs, dude. Imagine yeah. just being stuck in this place. It's horrifying. Yeah, no. Because they're creepy. You definitely don't. You don't want to deal with them. Like that's the way I would lose fear factor for sure. Is if you put me in a room with those fuckers, or spiders, or snakes, or. Ugh. I always thought that that dude outside the door was Morris Day from Morris Day in the Time. Fuck uh, yeah. I don't think it is, though. But he, I, he, he sounds a little bit like him, and he has the look. But see that short mustache, that thin mustache? See. That sway. Now, now I really wish that at some point in the movie, he'd have been like, I think I want to know you. Know you. <laughs> My oh, jungle love. Yo. <laughs> mm. oh, yo, yo. See, I'd be fucking great. G. Marshall, my hero over here. Uh, I love him from, yeah. you know, uh, Christmas Christmas uh, Vacation, dude. Like, the most iconic, one of the most iconic Christmas movies of all time. Uh, this dude's face. And then 12 Angry Men, of course. Um, movie I seen with the Hawkman for the first time. Remember watching oh, yeah. the Hawk? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, a uh, great actor. Uh, I mean, and and also, it's funny looking at this. It um, reminds me when I was in college. I did this uh, play called uh, "The Man Who Came to Dinner," and I played this character who was a um, cockroach enthusiast, which I think is kind of you know um, on point of what's going on here too. To uh, to this poor guy, and uh, cockroaches always, you know, out of all the bugs, always, you know, gave me the willies. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Necrodamus, my boy Necro did a, a track called Cockroaches. Go pick up the twelve inch today. Hoo ya! Hoo ya! But yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean. Um, a very talented actor, and and it takes a talented actor to do a a thing that is just him. When 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 you have an actor that can uh, command a scene where it's him and there's no one else that he's bouncing off of or talking to, and even Tom Hanks had you know uh, Wilson the the, the volleyball, yeah. and so. I, I give a lot of credit to anyone that does a either it's a play or a movie scene where it's just them. Yeah. Well, he's a veteran actor, you know what I mean? For sure. Oh, yeah. That's why Tony likes him more than Stephen King. <laughs> Probably. Should we do two, even though... Well, King... Does King... He, did he do the stories? 
Does he have any involvement with part two? Uh, I'll research this. I'll look at it. Yeah. Give me sure. one second. I don't think so, though. I think after I think after the first one, it broke. King kind of didn't have much involvement. And I think it was just Ramiro producing. Yeah, the fucking the cockroaches. Scott come out of him Tony Montana style and fucking yeah. rip through him. There's nothing. There's nothing left. There's nothing he can do to save himself and protect himself. It's all over. Very good gore effect too. Yeah, great gore effect. You know that's one of those things you feel. Savini's got a cameo coming up here. Yep. Yeah, he's fucking one of the trash men. With Dick uh, Smith? No. Who is it? Dick... Uh, Miller? The fucking the famous actor that's in all those Joe Dante movies. Yeah, Dick stuff. Miller. Dick Miller. Yeah, yeah, you're right. My bad. Is it Dick Miller? No. I think that's Dick Miller and Savini. It's Maybe Savini. It's- that's not Dick Miller. Marty Sheft. Okay. That's Marty Sheft, yeah. Dick Miller yeah, plays... <sighs> yeah, I thought it was Dick Miller for some reason. All right, no, you're right. Dick Miller plays a fucking garbage man in something. Why? Why does Tom Savini look so convincing as a garbage man? Somebody explain that to me. Like he looks like he was made to sling trash. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the Super Mario Brothers mustache? Is Maybe. that it? Probably that. his gung ho attitude. He looks very exuberant. He's happy to be there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, back to Tom Atkins. Fucking Atkins. The man. The fucking Atkins is what he is. <laughs> oh, he's got a pain in the neck from the voodoo dial. Nah, nah. He's got, he, was, he was banging fucking Jamie Lee last night. Did a little stiffness. That's all right. The wife knows about it. The wife will eventually kill Tom Atkins in this movie. Yeah. But the kid's the one with the voodoo doll, so. She birthed the kid, so she really she only birthed the kid to take out the husband. <laughs> it was the long it was, con. It was the long, it was the long con. con. That's what it was. Well, you know, you got to keep your hands clean. You don't want to get brought up on charges. Yeah, she let the kid oh. go fucking down the river. Oh, ah. oh, Joe Hill, you look, you look way too oh. happy doing He's that. He's loving it. Though. They said they pretended your dad. Pretended your dad when he's, <laughs> when he's drinking his special soda. He's yelling at you. He's drinking his special soda. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the creep show film. Oh, I'm, I'm Vicky Burroughs. I'm Nancy Carter. We're all the dead kids. <laughs>